Hey guys, I'm Vata. And I'm Ashley. Welcome to the Sip and Venture podcast where we dig into the different paths that people choose to go on in life. Yes. So today we have someone joining us who is really special to me and someone I really look up to. That is my dad, or what you'll hear me call him, Tate. Growing up, I've always looked up to him for his passion and motivation in life. And just overall, he's always been a figure that I've always looked up to. Mm-hmm. Rimus is the definition of success. Throughout his career, he's been and is a successful engineer, a business owner, an expert of all things tech, a scientist, an owner of a few real estate, as well as an amazing dad. <laughs> I can honestly say my dad has made my childhood the best. Since he's a really big tech guy, he has always provided us with the coolest new toys and technology. I remember I was the first kid in my school to get Heelys, the first first one to have an iPhone and an iPod Touch. So he's always provided us with the best child. He's extremely knowledgeable and has many valuable life tips, whether it's finances, business, or life advice. I've always admired his drive and passion in life to support our family and to improve the world. Yes, we cannot wait for you guys to meet Rimus and learn his ways of Sip and Venture. Hi, Tatu. We're super excited to have you joining us on Sip and Venture. Yes, very excited. <laughs> so we are going to go ahead and get started and by talking about your early life and tell us a little bit about you growing up. Um, what was your childhood like? Were you born in, like, what was your family life and your lifestyle? Okay, uh, I grew with a single mom. Uh, my family was divorced, and uh, I grew in a city called Shaule uh, in Lithuania. Okay, and I was alone. I don't have any brothers and sisters. What were your interests when you were growing up? Were you always, like, because I understand, like, from what I know, as my dad, you're always very interested in technology and like fixing things, like pretty much every dad. Were you mm-hmm. always like this growing up or did you have any other, like, what did you, like, did you play any sports or? You know, growing without a daddy in the family, without a man, I need to fix everything in the house. So if lock was broken, my mom was giving me simple tools, like a screwdriver mm-hmm. and a hammer. And she said like, okay, go and fix it. <laughs> So I was kind of replacing dad at home. And uh, my hobbies was, I was reading a lot. And I was reading science fiction books. Uh, I was reading, you know, scientific books about memory, physiology. Uh, So reading was the one thing. And also I was involved uh, in the electronics world. I was building all the light music at this time, all the schematics. Uh, and amplifiers, I built myself a 100-watt amplifier, you know, from the parts uh-huh. I bought on the market. So I was kind of sitting home and doing stuff and reading all the time. I, I was making one book in, a, in actually in like in 12 hours, you know, from the cover to cover. Wow. Mm-hmm. So you really like to like dig deeper into the science behind things and like learn as much as you could. I was interested in like, a, not a science more, I was interested in like, a, you know, sci-fi. Like science fiction almost, like uh-huh. Science fiction, science fiction okay. books, like about the future, about the stars, about time travel and stuff like that. Okay. So how did you go about to meet your wife and know that she was the one? 
My mom. Okay. Yes, that's his mom. Okay. <laughs> uh, we, I met the, uh, my future wife. I met Inta. You know, in she was living in the same house, same house I was living in. It was like a apartment complex. Oh, okay. Oh. Uh, you know, twelve store apartment complex, and she moved for the college. And uh, I met her in a, actually in a lift, Elevator. and we began like you know say hi to each other, and uh, I invited her to work out one morning. It was kind of dating was kind of <laughs> different, and I said like, what about what about let's go running like six o'clock in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> Knowing my mom, this is so not like her. So how did that go? Like a da- dating was kind of weird, but uh, you know it's a different at this time, not like now. And it was well because it was not kind of dating. We became uh, friends. Actually, we work out, we walk, we talk, and you know I felt more and more connection. And we became very good friends with her first. And after. You know, we began to date more and more. We go out. We began to go to the restaurants, and uh, we we plan like crazy trips. Uh, one day, we jumped in a train, and we we went on the train for four and a half hours one way to the ocean. Uh-huh. We spent two hours in the ocean, and uh, we bought some food there, and we came back on the same train home. So it was like a day trip, and we spent only two hours in the ocean, but it was fun because we were together. That's so cool. Vata, do you think that's where you get your adventure side from? I don't know. <laughs> she, she is kind of copy us, I see. <laughs> yeah, cool. okay. So how long were you guys dating until you guys got married? At this time, people were marrying uh, like 20, uh, 18 years old. They married early uh, in Lithuania, and uh, we married like 19. So how long were you dating until like how many years were you together until you decided? I, th- I think we dated like uh, like a year. Uh-huh. Wow, wow. that's crazy. Wow. So would you say people back in the day were more mature and responsible than most 19-year-olds nowadays? I, I don't think so. Uh, people was uh, exactly the same as they are today. I would say young people, they always try to invent new ways. They, they know, they try to go their way and that's good. You know, I don't think it's bad. I would say they were different. Uh, they're not mature like, like, like now because like when you grow a little bit more, you mature with time, you get more knowledge, mm-hmm. more information, you do better decisions. You know, the more data you consume, the better decisions you can make, uh, it's like a computer science a little bit, yeah. you know? Mm-hmm. So, but the young people, they always have unique ways to go about life. And uh, I think they are, to answer your question, they are not mature more. I would say even less because uh, people were like, get married and living with their parents for like 18 years old, you know, like they don't care about the future so much as people do now. Wow, that's yeah, good that to know. Sense. I think every, I think every generation uh, actually goes, grows, uh, you know, more and more becomes wiser, you know, and better equipped. That's really cool because to me it reminds me of like when I think of people back in the day and like them getting married. I'm, I always imagine like, wow, they must have been so mature and like already had like all their life figured out when we're so young and we're just trying to figure out our lives and people now get married mm-hmm. later when they're more mature. So I automatically assume people back in the day when Tate, when you got married were like a lot more mature. So it's kind of interesting to know that they weren't, they were just 
kids <laughs> mm-hmm. making those decisions. There was, yeah, ab- absolutely, absolutely. Now I think, uh, you know, the, the kids and teenagers, they more mature than, than us. Yeah. Wow. And it's like, and it's like, again, we have Google, we have more information coming in and it's just growing, grows <clears throat> our brain and understanding about life. Mm-hmm. You know, we, uh, you know, Google was found when I was a teenager, basically, and uh, everything was in the books, uh, you know, and now we have a lot of information and it actually gives us a better perspective on life. You know, more data, uh, better models in the brain. Mm-hmm. So when you graduated high school, what did you do after that? Did, did you go to college? Did you just go straight into your first job? Okay, I went to college and I finished uh, electronics engineer, my, was my major. Mm-hmm. I finished college and uh, the first job, uh, it was, I was in a TV factory. Oh, mm. I didn't know that. Okay, we make, uh, Cholet City was making color TVs, very advanced mm-hmm. ones. Uh, and I was in TV factory. Actually, it was very fun because like we spent four years training very high level, we, have, we became very high level engineers. And when we came to work, my first assignment was to carry TVs from one table to another one. <laughs> <That's funny. laughs> and you, Imagine that. And you were like... I was kind of, yeah. I said, like, I studied for four years for that. You know, can you have a monkey to carry TVs from one side to another? <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. And then, so this is was first first job. And then what happened? Like, did you? What was your next job? And like, how did your career kind of evolve from there? The next job, I I was invited in a startup company, uh, which they making like very uh, high high level amplifiers and uh, power supplies. And at this time, they made better power supplies than IBM. They make they made uh, you know electronic power supplies, switching power supplies. Mm-hmm which were very, very tiny, and they have better specs than computer power supplies other day, nowadays. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, so this startup you know, taught me, uh, I was helping them to assembly stuff, and we got very talented designer who was designing schematics, and uh, we actually like, um, were making uh, everything around this power supplies, and all the other techniques, they, you know, they, you know, the Braille language when the people like are reading by hands, mm-hmm. uh, this engineer built a device, uh, you know, to, he made like a list, a, a, like, you know, letter list. And on this list, he made a lot of, uh, you know, like, a, you know, metal pieces sticking out. And, you know, the, and, and the, when you was applying the book on the computer, when you're scanning the book on the computer, this sticks kind of was sticking out and making Braille you know, for the people to read with the hands. And it was very fast. Uh-huh. So he was cre- creating very advanced stuff on medical devices. And uh, after, uh, after that, I came to, to work with a company who was making machinery, electronic machinery. And I was in engineering team. Uh, I was helping to maintain CNC machinery, very advanced, like uh, from Japan, from all the world. I was uh, in a team who was fixing this machinery and I was assigned to like, uh, like 15, you know, huge CNC machines. Mm-hmm. And I was fixing electronics like computers. And if they fail, I, I, you know, had a few people with me in a group and our group was responsible for 15 uh, machines and other groups. We, you know, we have like 150 machines in total in the factory. Wow. And, uh, 
And I was like taking the chips out from the board and putting like a, you know, different chips inside. I was replacing sensors. I was troubleshooting the schematics and, you know, finding why machine broke. Mm -hmm. Did you like those jobs? I love these jobs because I have access to all the parts I need and I can build my own stuff. Mm -hmm. So I built a acupuncture device, you know, acupuncture when people putting needles yeah, in, the, yeah. in mm -hmm. the body. Uh, there is a method, uh, it called uh, electroacupuncture. Uh, electro so you can uh, simulate the, the spots with electricity. And I, you know, in spare time, I got a lot of parts and free time on my hands. So I built a device from the magazine from Slovakia, actually, uh, to, you know, to, to, to treat people with electroacupuncture. Oh, wow. And I sold oh. this device to a doctor in Lithuania uh, who was... You know who was very excited to have one because he did not have one and you know he paid me a hundred bucks for that <laughs> <laughs> wow that's like nothing <laughs> and i bought my mom i bought my wife shoes for this money very nice shoes. oh that's nice that's how it's supposed to be <laughs> i'm kidding so obviously i have three other siblings and you know there's four of like four siblings in the family um and I, you guys had, like, my brother Gvidas and my sister Rasa pretty young. So was having more kids, like, did it add a lot of financial stress for you to, like, be making more money quicker? Or, like, how was that? It added a lot of financial stress, but uh, at this time it was uh, not easy when the first two kids came out. But... Uh, Actually, I was working very hard to support the family. I was like up four o'clock in the morning and I was going down about like 12. And I was doing this like for five or seven years uh, every day. I was, you know, uh, you know, trying all, all the businesses I can. I was selling stuff on the market. I was buying stuff in one market and delivering to other country, reselling stuff for profit, and uh, I was I was okay. I was making a lot of money this way. Uh, I was making like five times like like a normal people making around me. Mm -hmm. And we opened business. We began to make a manufacture like a trousers, like a corduroy trousers, jeans, with my partner Idas, and we made uh, a lot of money with him. Uh, you know, we bought our first flat with the money. So. I was better okay, uh, let's say, because I was, you know, really, really working hard, you know, to support my family. Mm -hmm. So my goal was to provide. <clears throat> so you, would you say you were working hard on like a lot of other, like multiple side jobs instead of one? Because I know you said you worked at like factories and all kinds of like startups, but did, was it, was that not enough? Like, were you working like, because I know you said like, I remember you were telling me how you and mom used to sew like, beanies and stuff and hats and sell it in the market also during that time was or was it a different time yes uh what i was doing i was working in a in a factory this is cnc um you know cnc factory uh at this time and after coming back i had a side hassle we we're making like a you know hats you know we were making hats in the house with a special like a hand machine like a bowing machine mm -hmm. And uh, it was like, a, I was like six o'clock up, going to the factory, coming back like five o'clock home. Uh, my goal was to make 10 hats a day. 
and my inter my my wife she was like like sewing them together and cutting the pieces out and after some time i was packing them in a bag and going to russia and reselling in the supermarkets these wow. bags, you know these hats so i thought very very quickly i realized that my sub hassle produces more income than my job and i I met some people who was like making business and you know buying and selling stuff and I quit my job and I began to do it full time I began to you know buy bicycles in Lithuania I deliver bicycles to Poland we sell them for profit and coming back and I was working like I can make at this time like a, in a weeks trading I I was making a, a month salary at this time in a you know work salary so let's say if the salary was like 50 bucks uh you know in a a month i was making like All the fashion clothing like coats and jackets Jeez. and shirts and linen shirts and uh one one i remember like uh the, on the peak uh of this business we opened a company to support this business and on the peak of this business we were making like we were sending to london like a seven full trucks of coats wow. in, a, in, a week. in a week and we's like we, we got like yes we got like 21 factories uh you know working for us for this UK company and for the major brands like Max and Spencer, Next, all all the big and small companies and uh, we're making out of garments and we only got like three people in office. So we're buying trims, we're buying we're buying buttons, zips, you know, interlining all the other stuff and we was actually organizing production, organizing deliveries. So you were more uh, like you know, organizing it instead of like actually like doing it yourself. You were just like the main point of contact yes i was not mainly on book i i was like uh we organize we're organizing all the business we was searching looking for factories we was negotiating pricing we going and we just was sorting all the logistic problems like a uh, delivery like uh every every garment has a pattern made from paper or the cat file so we was responsible to make different sizing different make samples so all all production support was on our shoulders basically and and we were making like a amazing job but the job was you know we was like making it we're working like 14 hours a day minimum every day wow, wow. that's a lot so what what would you say is the number one thing you learned from that experience 
Oh, I learned a lot. Uh, this fashion business taught us a lot. Like UK companies, especially, they uh, they have a very high level of culture. They have the way to talk to people when they talk. Uh, you know, they're very polite. They're very, you know, nice and easy. Mm -hmm. And I was kind of, I was kind of translating this. Uh, they was, they were calling the factory, and they were saying, "Oh, guys, you know, your quality kind of." not like uh, it was before and uh, you know can you improve a little bit and i was translating to lithuanian factories and saying guys they are shouting on you you know <laughs> they are shouting on you they're just saying it nicely you you couldn't like take it like a compliment you made bad, bad quality and they are saying to you that you know if you continue they will quit the job with you you know contract with you uh you know so i was kind of translating the understanding the, the how the UK culture, you know, and Lithuanian culture, I was kind of a bridge between two countries uh -huh. to translate like, you know, all the, mm -hmm. yeah, you learn, you know, yeah. understanding and knowledge. Yeah. So I think like, and we learn a lot, you know, logistics and, uh, you know, how to also, I, in, you know, being like electronics guy and, and computer guy, uh, we taught a lot of technology. We bring a lot of technology in, we bring Skype and we, bring uh, IP calls to save money. We bring like a Garmin CAD. Yeah. Uh, so we brought a lot of technology inside and helped the company to save ton of money. That's awesome. Yeah, it's cool. I just remember like growing up, like my dad was always like you, Tati, you were the always the first person to find out about like all the, like the newest technology that everyone's now using. But you were always like the first one, like in Lithuania at least, to get the Apple computer, like macbook he was the first one to have an iphone like we had the very really? first iphone back when iphones weren't even a thing um him and my neighbor bought an iphone like all the coolest technology you always like knew what's up so it's really cool to know that you guys did all of that um now transitioning a little bit so another thing that i actually started being really interested in lately as i turned like 22 and as you gave me that new book about finances, it's, um, I just became really interested in finances and money and how it works. And not a lot of people talk about finances because everyone's very like, you know, Secret private and yeah. private about. It. So we're not going to ask about any numbers, obviously, but I've learned a lot about finances and managing money from you and mom. So what do you, what would advice would you have for people like in their 20s like people who are like us mm -hmm. what advice about are you looking for like what what should so like what should we be doing with our like money like how should we be handling it like what should we be doing what right I now think in you our have, 20s you know all the answers already uh i would say you need like i think you are doing this for every day uh you know and actually you do the same uh, I, I think what the best thing to do is to invest in yourself uh, i would say you know, read as many books as you can every hour mm -hmm. alive, you know, and also you need to learn from the people who are successful, like Elon Musk, you know, if you in the finances, like a lot of investors, you know, you can, you can read books, uh, you know, listen to podcasts. And uh, I would say learn as much as you can. And also not only learn, try to do something with this knowledge, you know, apply it to the, to your, to your life. Uh, Try to invest, you know, a little bit of your money in a share market, you know, buy some shares for the companies you, you understand. Let's say you like pink 
and I don't know if Pink is traded, you can, in, you can buy shares of the company and, you know, you can actually buy like a, you know, not a full share, you can buy like, if you have 10 bucks, you can have, you can buy like a part of the shares, you know, in the investment platform. So uh -huh. mm -hmm. I would say I would, I would buy a little, a little share, you know, shares and I would forget about them for future. Uh, but the most important thing about it is to learn, you know, to build yourself, read books and apply this knowledge and, you know, always try and try and try. I remember one, one episode like uh, about a very successful guy who was actually selling wood to Scandinavian countries. He was buying wood from Russia and reselling to Scandinavian countries. And, you know, the journalist mm -hmm. came to this beautiful house and he said like, oh, you're so successful. Give us the secret of your business and your success. And he said, there is no secret for success. He said, be active, look for the business. He said, we were reselling the wood. And after we, we got a question, what are you making from this wood? And these guys said, oh, we're making windows and doors. I said like, okay, can we make these doors in Lithuania and, and ship it to you? And they said like, yeah, of course. You know, they gave a sample to, a Scandinavian company gave a sample of windows they, they was producing in, you know, in the Scandinavia. And Lithuanian companies, they made even mm -hmm. better quality and cheaper. So they began, instead of exporting the wood, they began to export, you know, windows back to them. And the company grew tremendously. So what he said, he said, there are no secrets. You need just to push. You need to look for the business. You know, push, 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 look, 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 and you will find it. It's like in the Bible, you know, the one who seeks, he finds. And if you really want success and the business in life, and if you push long enough, you will find it. Mm -hmm. You know, also, wow. I, I, would, I will add a little bit. If you want to be really successful, uh, you need to understand one thing. Rich people, they never share secrets. They, they, say, they say they do, <laughs> but they actually know. The most, the secret they guard, they always giving. They always generous. The more they give, they, the more they getting back. Yes, yes, and, we you always know, say And that. also, if you're poor, it's like a, it's bad, not because you don't have the money, but you can't give. Yeah. And when you can give, uh, you know, the money comes back to you. You know, the, the, the help you provide, the money you give to somebody, it comes back to you. Uh, this is how it works. And the rich people, they're very generous. And they try to hide it. They try to, to hide it because this is their secret. Just to give. Wow, that's yeah. that's so crazy you said that because but if you think about that, like a lot of rich people do like give to charities and things like that, but like you don't hear about it. Yeah. You know? It's it's true. And like I feel like that definitely I inherited that like from you guys. Like not like I I'm not saying like, oh my god, I give so much, but I feel like it's like taught me too that I've noticed that like the more money, like I feel like the more you're generous, like it comes back to you. Yeah. And whether you realize it or not. That it reminds yeah, me of like that time at Ashley's. Yeah, and also that you know what else reminds me? Like during Christmas, I remember one year, like back when I didn't even have a job, like I just worked like little part gigs. And I remember like one year on Christmas, I was like super generous and I spent so much money. And my dad checked my bank account and I I mean I had I worked a little bit and he's like, How do you have how did you make up all this money? So I felt like I gave a lot, but I like received it and more back in like by like i don't know i just got more work opportunities so like you just 
have to be generous because mm-hmm. that's true. That is very true. Now, Tati, I know one thing that I always wonder. I never wondered it when I was little because I always think like, oh, adults, like, you know, they figure out their money and stuff. But now that I have money myself or I'm learning how to have money, I'm always really confused on how were you guys able to save up so much money to buy a house and a beach house in with cash? Like how do because in America, in America, it's not such a thing to like buy houses in cash. cash People yeah. buy take a mortgage. So what is the secret to save up that much money? Okay, uh, UK companies, uh, they began to pay us commission for every garment we uh, made. And, uh, you know, we mm-hmm. actually, we got paid, like, because we made a lot, you know, and we were very successful. And the quality was, you know, amazingly high, you know. So we did a very good job, and we began to make a lot of, a lot of you know, clothes, you know, and these clothes generate us like commission. And uh, the company who began to pay us commission, they never expect that we will make such a volume. They, they made like a one in the first year when they joined the company, they made like three million pounds and uh, they made uh, next year, they made like six million pounds and they made like eight million pounds. Mm-hmm. So the growth was crazy. I was five o'clock in the office every day to support the business. Uh, but you know, like they paid a nice commission to us and we was like, also uh, what we did, we never increased our life. We was living the same way as we did. And we was just saving the money. We was like spending the same amount. We never was, I, I, I want to buy like a digital camera. I want to buy this piece of technology, but I was, you know, canceling all my purchases and I was holding all my wishes. And I was saving and saving yeah. and saving and saving money. And the money began to grow this way. And we was like spending the same amount of, of money. Like uh, we never increased standard of living. We never went to the, you know, fancy holidays. And we not, we just, you know, we were spending the same amount of money like every, every single day. Like, you know, there was no change in, in life. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we never upgraded our life to the better performance, to the better, you know, like things around us. And this way we save the money. And then you were able to improve your life by actually getting that house and that beach house and yes. <clears throat> which I think is super, super cool. Yes. And we invested in the shop mm-hmm. too. We rented out. So yeah, we, we actually bought a uh, real estate. Uh, Do you recommend for people in their 20s to also be doing the same thing saving to get real estate or i would say i would rec- i would recommend we- people to get a good credit uh you know buy a house and rent it out mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. i think if you can make uh some passive income which comes to you every single month it's very important uh, we still have a shop in Vilnius, and you know that, like a pizza, small pizza place, which generating us income every month. And uh, I would say every young person, he needs to get multiple strings of income. I think it's not a new thing. Everybody understands this, but it's very good to buy a house. I will tell you a little story. Uh, I have a friend who went to the bank, and he... He wanted to borrow the money to buy a small condo and rent it out. And the bank said no, because mm-hmm. it's a very big risk. He said, like, uh, it's very big risk because if you're not renting this out, how you'll pay the money back to us? And they say, if you buy four, 
you know, apartments in the same unit. We will lend you the money because the risk is lower. And the guy ended up buying four units. He was renting them out and he is still an old person now and he's living from this, like from this rent coming out every time. So I would say, uh, you know, don't be afraid to look bigger no. than one apartment you rent. You can buy a complex, you can buy like five or six block. You know, find the ways to invest money. You can go with the friends, you can, you can borrow money from family, you can get a bit bigger loan and work out a business plan. And you can have, I know people who is like in 25, 26, they have like 15 units, 20 units. Uh, that's, so <laughs> that's so crazy. Would you say, would you say loans are a good thing? Like, I, I guess they could somewhat be beneficial, but I know that also gets people into a lot of trouble. I would say if you go to the bank and find a very good advisor, you know, they have a ton of, you see what's happening with the banks. They giving loans to people, to businesses. We, we don't know about it, but they talking to businesses every single day. And if you find the right person to talk to, they can tell you uh, what is the good loan and the bad loan, you know, how, how other companies conduct the business and uh, how other real estate agents buying stuff. So they can advise you which way to go and they can help you to, to get the loan and they can actually mentor you, you know, because you are making business for the bank. So I would say you need to find a person who is willing to share and help you. And, uh, you know, I would say if you get advice, like from multiple people, not from real estate agents, of course, because they want to sell you, but from, uh, from the <laughs> banks, uh, you know, who, who can really teach you. And they actually, they open to teach you, you know, if, you, if you're willing to listen and to work with them. Mm -hmm. That's a really interesting idea of like, so would it be possible if I take out a loan to like buy like, you know, an apartment complex? and rent out the apartment complex and pay off the loan with the people or would it's you know and still make money from it yes yeah, so you see what's happening you you are getting an idea you coming to the bank and you they will get you a piece of paper and they will begin to write with you and you know do the math and they will show you all the different ways you can rent and pay rent and you can, you know, they will calculate the risk with you. Uh, they would say, okay, if half of it is empty, what will happen then? You know, can you live there? You know, so you will work out all this, you know, all the uh, business plan with this person. And is it free? You know, they will help you. It's free because you see, Let's you're go. bringing business to them. You're, you're, Episode you're ends now, gotta go. I'm going to buy five apartments. <laughs> That's really cool, wow. Yeah, and also there are there are like ways uh, to invest a little money, uh, really little money into the down payment, and even buy without any down payments. And mm. there is a way, but also like uh, there are. I met in the bank ton of people who are very knowledgeable and who can help to to discover the business plan. Because you see what's happening in the bankers. They they see the business. They lending money for everybody, and they know how the business works. Mm-hmm. That's cool. Well, I'm, I got, definitely got some ideas. <laughs> awesome. So moving on to, obviously, you've lived already, like, so many years. And I feel like it definitely, there's, you know, the years, like, add up the knowledge. And, I mean, we can't know. We don't, we don't have the knowledge that you have or my mom has. And 
we want to know what are some of the key things that you've learned throughout your life? Like, what are some lessons and what have you learned? I would say that, you know, we learn a lot, but the biggest lesson what we learn, like uh, everything in life depends on God. You know, I, it's a short story, but it was one guy, it was a real story. Uh, it was one guy who got very good government job and he got very nice salary and he, he, he got a family and a wife and kids and he was making a ton of money in this job. And he, he, you know, he got sick one day and uh, he won sick so badly, he lost, uh, you know, family lost everything. They lost the house, they lost all the savings, all the money. And he was nearly dying. And, uh, you know, the priest came to actually to say him goodbye, you know, to just to, you know, what the Catholic priests do, they just coming to you to, to put some oil on you for the last time. And, uh, you know, what's happened, like the guy, he was kind of in big shock. And, uh, you know, he felt that somebody came to his ear and began to talk to him. And, you know, and he began like, and Jesus came to his ear and said, like, you don't have any problems. You have, you need to believe in God. And, uh, you know, he healed this guy. The guy, you know, became a pastor. But long story short, if you believe in God, you know, your life will change. Uh, you will have a big help and big... Yes, I agree. So I would say, you know, God, God is guiding your life and He giving you desires of your heart. And if you pray to Him, if you talk to Him, He will guide you through the life and, and you'll be successful. This is what we learn, you know, in our years. Do you have any tips for anyone who's young and are listening to this and is wanting to have a successful life? What I would telling them to do, I would say, find what you like and do it. Is it really important to do? Because I feel like a lot of people get lost in the track of, I need to be doing this because that's where I'm going to get a lot of money. Yeah. Instead of doing what you like. Instead of like picking your passion. You know, sometimes, sometimes it's not so easy uh, because you need to support yourself. And sometimes you need to have like a day job, you know, to, to pay the bills. But if you have like a side hassle, you know, you need to go and pursue your passion, I guess. This is what I would suggest, which, which I do the same thing, Beth, you know that till this day. I know that you're always working on new projects and you, I, I really, I think that's where I get it from you too, is that you always have that passion and motivation in life to like never stop and learn more things. And even though, you know, I feel like a lot of people, you know, they get stuck in their job and then they're like, all right, like I've learned what I needed to learn. Like I'm su successful, but I feel like you always push and you always try to learn and read and new, do more things mm -hmm. and work on new projects. So what is, what are some things that you're still hoping to do and complete in your life or just in the next years or so? You know, I'm working on a graphene, uh, actually, business right now. And what I'm trying to do, I'm trying to prove uh, some concepts and some discoveries, uh, you know, about graphene and carbon. And I'm trying to make uh, graphene products, you know, and these will change life uh, dramatically because graphene is such a good material, you know, it can be applied to so many areas. Uh, and uh, I would like to apply to the area which is uh, most 
needed in the, in the industry and, and make some cash, you know, along the way. Mm-hmm. What kind of products? Let's say if you add graphene to the plastics uh, composites, you can create a plastic which is bulletproof and you can make very light shields, mm-hmm. bulletproof shields like for police, for army. Uh, if you 3D print plastics improved with graphene with such and such, uh, such in structures like molecules, like they connect, they like, you can actually stop the bullet uh, with the plastic and it, it will wow. be very light shield and you can protect some soldiers and you can protect like lives. You know, just the one example, but if you can add graphene to the cement, you can make cement like uh, 100% stronger. And, you know, when you're building a brid- bridges, graphene mm-hmm. also repeals, uh, repeals water. Uh, so if you're making a pulse into the water, salt water, you know, they work like, like 50 years, they need to replace them because of the corrosion. With the graphene, you can like extend right. the life of these poles like, a, like a many, many more years. Uh, you know, cement in the graphene. In a con- in a in in a concrete in a concrete yeah yeah I definitely have learned a lot about graphene from you and a bunch of other like things so that did thank you so much for all of your knowledge and all of your tips and life lessons that you've learned and I'm sure it's gonna help out a lot of people yes, for sure um my age and a lot of our listeners are you know younger and I feel like it's definitely gonna hopefully resonate with all of us just push guys never give up. You know, find your passion and better, you know, in your age, you do much more than I was, you know, doing. So it'll be more successful. I believe that. That's so inspiring (laughs) to hear. Thank you, Tata. Wow, that was such good advice. I really look up to your dad and can really just take away so many life lessons from him. He he knows the true Mm -hmm. meaning behind becoming successful. Um, And I especially love how he said that books are so essential in our world today you can learn so much from them um and google yes and google google too um but i know like i've always read books throughout my life but they mm-hmm. they've never been the type of books we read now like now it's like, more of like motivational and like yeah. a lot of like life self-help. lessons mm-hmm. self-help um and it really just teaches you the secrets to life and um i just feel like it opens up a world of knowledge for you. And I personally have grown as a person more than ever. Yeah, me too. I agree. My dad has always like invested in us like growing up. So whether it's like school or he's always been providing me with books, which I've gained more knowledge than I've ever have. And it's just in general, sometimes I feel like, you know, even though we love our parents, we a lot of the times when they tell us something, it's just like in us to like not want to listen because we always feel like we know our best. So it's really cool that my dad's like, all right, if you're not going to listen to me, read this book. Yeah. And I feel like that's like, it's like opened up so much to me. And even all the books that like he's given me have always passed it down to you and to like all of my friends. And we are all sharing it amongst each other and spreading the knowledge. So whether he realizes or not, my dad like truly like transfers his knowledge like throughout like all yes, of us. and through so many people. Yeah. So if you guys would like to reach out to my dad or learn more about his like graphene business or ask him a question or any tips or advice that you have that you want to know from him, you can always reach out to him on his email, which is rhymis at me.com, which is R-A-I-M-I-S at M-E dot com. So I hope you guys enjoyed 
meeting my dad and I hoped you guys liked him and we cannot wait to be back with you guys again next Tuesday on Sip, Sip Adventure. Adventure.